Welcome back. Welcome to Oxford House of Love. Hello and welcome. We're not redoing really this. <laughs> back to the Double Plus Pod. Um, we were recording a few days <laughs> late. Uh, normally we do right after the game, but we're doing a few Ow. days late because of uh, distance issues. Um, Charlie's out of town. School and, and school. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on. Um, and also that game gave me. We didn't pretty, want. To, we didn't want to talk pretty, about pretty, it. Pretty, pretty serious uh, depression. Oh, um, depression I, is what it gave you. Okay, Reese, we'll that's that. not what you told me. We'll go. We'll go with depression. Okay. Um, yeah, I may have used some more uh, colorful language to describe <laughs> it, but <laughs> it was a disappointing game. Yeah, this sucked. It was. It was terrible. <clears throat> This episode of the Double Post Podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk. I don't know what kind it is, but it's whatever kind is sitting in front of us. Yeah, it's the only thing that gives me enough strength to talk about this game. Honestly. Um, yeah, that was terrible. Although, I mean, before that, uh, on on Saturday, I got to go to Providence Park, actually. I got to, yeah, I I got to go into cool. the stadium. Yeah, it was the, the Thorns match, which I don't know whose bright idea it was to have a soccer match at 10 a.m., but... <laughs> I mean, it was still cool. I got to drive and park. I actually drove to the game and no. parked near the you stadium. Near the stadium? I mean, I parked on the other side of Burnside. Okay, like right, near, right by you, the. You, when you say near, you mean like a mile away, right? I mean a like couple a big... blocks away. Yikes! No, I parked right next to the McDonald's. <laughs> you parked next to the McDonald's? Yeah, wow. it was free parking. Yeah, it was oh great. I may have slightly overstayed my two-hour limit, but it was fantastic. I mean, the closest I ever parked is like, I don't know, like. Eighth or something. <laughs> I don't think I've ever driven like, and parked. I yeah. have a few times. I parked over by uh, over by like MLC, you know, before. I don't. Um, I, I don't know where MLC like, is. Before. It's over on like, um, by like Gleason. Anyway, point is Gleason. far. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was great to go to a match. Uh, it was my girlfriend's first time in Providence Park. There was there's uh Tillamook stand in the. I haven't like actually like I've been in the park recently. But the last time I went as a fan to a game in Providence Park, I think like most um, people was 2019, but it was like early 2019. Was it the one we went with against the LAFC? Yeah, actually, I think yeah, it was. was yeah, it was the reopening. That was the last, I'm pretty sure that was the last time I was like in the stadium as a fan. And so, therefore, I, I got to experience the Tillamook like concession stand i guess you call it it's oh, like a tillamook yeah. sponsored concession stand and they had these queso nachos with like bacon and like chives and like onions and pepper oh it was so good it was nine dollars but it was $9. it was really good you know honestly it's not even that bad. it's not that bad plus I mean, like we got like, we got stadium prices oh yeah it was great and we got one of those uh rebels like the dutch bros rebels mm-hmm. but they come in a can uh, and that was like six bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. Plus, the tickets were fifteen bucks each. So I mean, shoot, wow. I'll drop fifteen bucks on food yeah. to see a amazing match. I mean, the Thorns won in PKs. Uh, it was fantastic. Anyways, there was a game that happened about twenty four hours after yeah. the conclusion of that one. Yeah, it was a 12, 12 o'clock game, which was not as you said i woke yeah, up yeah i'm not a huge fan of i woke up like super late like a like 11 11 30 and i only remember i only checked the time of the game at like 11 45 and i was like oh my god the, the pregame is on like I gotta check yeah it on yeah <laughs> yeah no uh, i mean like if you're on a normal sleep schedule a noon game is like great i i think it's fantastic uh-huh. like uh i don't know it's always like nice weather outside 
around this time you get to be in the stadium and just kind of i don't know yeah i didn't i didn't get to go to the game like for playing noon is like my favorite time to play because at that time Mm -hmm. like even a little earlier is nice like because at that time like you were up you could have time to sleep in a little bit you got plenty of time to like get breakfast get to the field um but it's not like one of those super early games where you have to get out of get out of bed at like 6 30 yeah um and it's just like it's annoying to have to wait all day for like a night game. Personally, I like night games the best just because they're, they're the most but intense. But... Night games are fun. Yeah, it's like being like in like under the lights. There's a special feel to it. Yeah, which is kind of nice, especially in Providence Park and especially in a match like this. But whatever. Yeah, they, but then... I guess they always do put us in this slot because they usually put this game on national TV. Uh huh. Just like just like this one. Yeah. Anyways, the game itself sucked. Yeah, we're trying to do anything we can to avoid talking about the actual <laughs> the real game. game. The, this entire episode is going to be one long tangent, and then we're gonna we're gonna say. I mean, that's how our episodes and usually not, go. And not have talked about the game at all. <laughs> um, okay, let's start with the lineups. Uh, Seattle was still missing Ladero, which we thought would be a huge help. Really, it just meant that Christian rolled on, had a nice game, proving us wrong. Yeah. Um. And that, and that Seattle wouldn't, you know, be expected to, like, go push forward. They could just sit and wait and wait and wait and wait for us to keep crossing it to nobody or wait for us to just pass the ball around their final third without doing anything. Yeah, which we saw a lot of. Especially Way well, too we'll, much Yeah, of. we'll get to that. Um, anyway. But, yeah, they still had Rui Diaz. They still had both rolled ons. They had Jao Paulo, who was Paulo, damn incredible in this Jao game. Paulo I hate to say apart. it. They had Nuhu, who is, like, there's a whole niche community of MLS that's, like, super into Nuhu. Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, I think, uh, in the words of Stam Stayskull, he, like, no matter what he does, it's always the thing you least expect, but it still ends up working out. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, We started a Bobasi, which was great. Yeah. We got to see Jebo back in the 11. Um... We still saw yeah. Jeff and Goal. Um, Clark still yeah, out. for a while. For a while. Van Rankin, Bravo, as usual. The center backs are as usual. Uh, the midfield was as usual. Uh, Marvin Luria started over Dyron Espria, which is something I want to talk about real quick. Because we've had good and bad things to say about both these guys so far yeah. this year. I'm never... Any... Any game up until now, like when I had seen if I would have seen Luria starting over Espria, I would have been like, okay, yeah, that's what I want. I usually want Luria starting over Espria because I generally think Luria is better for us than Espria. Uh But this season, I mean, I think Espria has been better. Obviously better than normal, but has been better than Luria. I agree. I would say that this season Espria has been more effective than Luria so far. Um, But... I still, I still like to see Luria in the starting lineup because, especially in a game like this where you're going against a Seattle, Seattle team that's a very strong defense, mm-hmm. um, I think having someone who's a little more technical, willing, good on set pieces, um, good at getting crosses in, is better than someone like Espria who like does a very good job like exposing defenders' weaknesses mm-hmm. um, with his speed and his strength, um, but against a really well structured, um, strong defense can struggle to really have an impact on a game. Yeah, I agree. So um, I think that's probably why you went with Lario over Esprit, and I think that's a fine choice. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, it, it was a surprising one, though. I mean, usually we see Gio just roll with Esprit yeah. as much as he can, but 
hey man, whatever. Um, so yeah, we <laughs> still without Seba. We still don't know when he's coming back. Yeah, he's got obviously still a long way out. Yeah, so that again, that's two out of three DPs gone. Polo finally got over his crippling paperwork injury. Yes, yeah, the terrible like <laughs> COVID protocols. Yeah, which I shouldn't say they're terrible, but like they're yeah, they were just kind of frustrating. Yeah, no, we're we're not an anti-mask podcast. Yeah, wear um, your masks. Get vaccinated. Get they're vaccinated. they're opening up. I I was in town and I was like looking through and there were like so many spots open at the convention center. Even though I already have my second shot, but yeah, I'm about to get mine. There you go. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, we're the about to start about, Yeah, yeah. So the game itself yeah, was game. played. The first half. I thought the opening minutes. There's a little bit of back and forth, um, but I actually really liked what I saw from the Timbers in like the first 10 minutes. I thought we had a couple. I, I actually wrote it down. There was one play, uh, possession we had around the fourth minute that was just beautifully worked from the back up around to the front, back around. I mean, just really good connecting. We had a couple of passages to play in the opening 10 minutes, but I thought our possession looked really good, moving the ball from back to front, um, getting to the attacking third. The thing that was kind of lacking that we saw lacking for really the entire first half and much of the game was the ability to turn possession going from the middle third to the final third in on goal. We even had a lot of times where we get the ball into their box Mm -hmm. and not get any decent Mm -hmm. chance out of it. No good crosses, no good shots. We'd have the ball, I mean, we just played three or four times in the first half where we had the ball in their box and and turned it into nothing. It felt like... 2019 I think yeah it felt like 2019 before we had Fernandez when we were just like yeah trying to figure out like how exactly what you're saying how to turn our possession into actual goals um because we were just crossing to no one endlessly um and then obviously a dynamic guy like Fernandez can come in and change things but I feel like that's what Blanco could help us with but at the same time, man, like my my fear is that we we're just so we're banking so hard on Blanco and like Yart coming back and being the solutions for us that I don't really know if they're like what they can add to what's going on right now. Like I I don't know. Again, like when we took Valeri off in this game, we were dead. I mean, there yeah. was nothing going on. Um, and a lot of that has to do with momentum too, and just what was going on in the match, which we'll get to, but like, I don't know. I, I fear for this team. Yeah. Momentum was a big, was played a huge, huge role in this game. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the first momentum shift, like again, this kind of feeds into like what I was going to want to talk about next was I talked about the first 10 minutes. What really changed after the first 10 minutes, I think was that Rui Diaz chance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, um, that was great. <laughs> yeah, so basically ended up just playing a long ball over the top of Mabiala into um oh who was it out that was playing wide? Um, uh, Van Ranken. No, 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 for the oh for them. Team. Oh, I think it was Bruin. Yeah, it was Will Bruin. Pushed past. Yeah, yeah, they threw they threw him out and uh, he got isolated versus Mabiala. Um, just kind of cooked Mabiala uh, in a little one on one. Um, going a little inside of the foot, side to side, dropped to the end line. Um. And then fired across into Rui Diaz, who picks up, who receives the ball about four yards out of goal, and somehow doesn't hit the target. Yeah, I will say, I will say, I'm gonna, I want to give a little bit of credit to Zuperich because even though Zuperich is in behind, kind of loses his man, 
He does get a sliding tackle across that I think is what put Rui Diaz off. I think it's what puts him off on the shot. Mm -hmm. I think if he doesn't make that tackle, um, Rui Diaz doesn't feel like he needs to get as precise trying to slide it past him and probably just hammers it in the net. So it was a good recovery, but the fact, I mean, as a center back, I mean, you cannot be allowing chances like that because although Mm -hmm. he recovered well, a lot of times it's not even going to matter when they're that close yeah and i mean by now jeff is out of position too like this uh-huh. is a wide open goal for rudy as long as he can get past the part really he honestly could take a touch here and be fine but yeah either way okay i have zero statistical analysis to back up what i'm about to say but perfect we we always hear like announcers say oh rudy diaz you expect him to make that nine times out of ten like I feel like he misses a lot of these just gimme chances. And because he just gets such a high volume of them, he still like puts up very impressive yeah, goal scoring Rui numbers. Diaz gets himself he's he's amazing running off the ball because not only does he make really intelligent runs, but he's really surprisingly quick. Yeah. Um so he gets he's he could really beat uh center backs to the spot. Um and the way he plays is like it's more typical of like those make kind of the kind of players that make those kind of runs are more typically like bigger strikers like Anis Goda or Fernando Adi type. You mm-hmm. don't really have that kind of speed, and his quickness I think is what allows him to get so many of those chances. But I think you're right; he really does miss a decent amount. He just gets so many of them. Like again, I don't I don't remember when or what examples I'm even thinking of, but I feel like he's missed like a lot of just kind of easy chances. Maybe it's just against us. I mean, he still scores still, a bunch oh, against oh, us. Yeah, I, mean, I think we just, I mean, he just gets, like, his expected goals against us is, like, two every game. Probably, yeah. Speaking of his expected goals, I mean, that this is a, has to be a solid, like, one. Yeah, right it's like a, like a .95 expected How goal. How do you miss? Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, that, that cooled us off a little bit, yeah, but at funny, the same like, time... You would think like, that that might, like, fire us up, you know, because it's, like a, like, a, you know, warning shot, but really... It, had the opposite effect yeah yeah we were we were really struggling to well not really struggling here's the things we really weren't struggling the entire first half it felt like we were still on the front foot and we were the team like putting on pressure yeah i mean i just think that we didn't look as like a we didn't look as assertive i thought in the opening 10 minutes even Mm -hmm. though we didn't create any clear-cut chances we looked a lot more dangerous and a lot more threatening than we did um, for the rest of the second half. Hmm. That's fair. And I think, again, that's been a, something that's been a talking point we've been talking about all season is um, when we have possession, and even meaningful possession, we don't necessarily look like, we don't necessarily look like we're going to do anything dangerous with it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Something else you mentioned from the first half was that we seem to be giving away stuff a little too easily. Yeah. Whether it was giving away possession or, like, giving away corners or random free kicks, like, we just doing stuff we didn't need to do um and like that's uh, i don't know what fixes that that's the problem like experience it's, i guess uh, i think gelling is like a, a team a I, thing, I guess like i noticed uh one of the things i wrote down watching the first half was uh the bravo had a couple of those yeah where like um there's two there's a, there's a couple of instances but two that really stuck out to me i think there's three or four but the two that really stuck out to me was one was um one was uh, he like intercepts a pass um, going down the wing, and he goes to clear it out wide, which, as someone who played defender, I've never been a huge fan of like clearing it out for a throw-in. Um, 
just as in general, I usually try to like, you know, I was, would have tried to like at least get it up field or find my keeper or um, let it roll out. Although I do understand that like sometimes that really is your only option. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, 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 he goes to play it out, which, you know, if that's your only option. Okay, that's fine. But he, he plays it out for like a corner. And it's like it doesn't seem like it would take that much more effort to really take that extra step, get across the mm-hmm. ball and play it out for a throw, you know? Like yeah. you don't need to be giving away a corner there. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just that little extra bit of effort, you know, to, to try to step in front, get a little farther. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's another time where, again, this is something that we've seen from Bravo already early on, is I'm um, overly aggressive on challenges, mm-hmm. um, tackling yeah. people who are going away from goal, who aren't in a very dangerous spot. You have a pretty dangerous set piece from um, on the right side for Seattle, probably equidistant from um, the 18-yard line and the corner flag, mm-hmm. um, right about the top of the 18, which is just an absolutely beautiful position for someone to send a cross in. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they didn't capitalize on it, but still, I mean, those are just like the kind of plays that we don't need, that we need to like we don't need to be making. It's just, yeah, it's a little careless. Yeah, I agree. Um, another thing I was watching pretty closely in the first half was Diego Chara versus Nuhu. Um, was a pretty fun matchup. They uh-huh. they had a few like instances where they came together, and it seemed like Diego Chara was doing a you know getting the upper hand. I mean, he drew a caution in the seventeenth minute on Nuhu, um, yeah. getting a foul up on the right wing, if I remember correctly. And I mean, it, our best chances in this match overall came from making challenges as seattle was trying to pass out of our pressure um obviously the the uh the first the whole penalty catastrophe started with williamson intercepting a ball that was bound for midfield which again we'll get we'll get to that later um but we were really being aggressive and one guy that was exceptionally aggressive was bill tuiloma who didn't start this match. Yeah, by the way, who came on for... Um, oh, yeah, sorry, you were getting to that, I guess. Well, I mean, he came on in the 15th minute for Laris Mabiala, who I didn't really see what happened to him. I didn't... It looked like probably a muscle thing, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, oh, it didn't God. look super serious. I mean, I think he walked off. Um, but it was non-contact. Yeah, it was non-contact. Or it might have been, there. it was like a contact on a play earlier, and then he went a few minutes and mm. then signaled for a sub, I think is what what it was. Yeah, I can't really find a replay anywhere um, Yeah, I'm, what actually happened with that. It didn't look super serious. Um, I think, I mean, as far as I can remember, he jogged off um, and was fine. But it definitely something something was bothering him. It looked like a muscle thing. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it's not serious. Um, but anyway, it's Lord never knows we don't need our first choice center back going out right yeah. now. <laughs> Although honestly, with the way Tui Loma played, Tui Loma did play very well. That's true. Very well, yeah. Um, we got to give him credit. Uh, my man of the match, and yeah, uh, yeah, we we can get to it later. Um, okay, so Tui Loma, you know, he was really aggressive. It was nice, uh, but at the end of the first half, it's kind of one of those where you're like okay, like, we've seen this before where we don't take our chances and then, like, it always seems to happen against Seattle or in the Seattle game where, like, the aggressive team, the team that's, like, super aggressive will just end up not getting, not capitalizing on their chances and then sort of running out of chances by the time the game is over. Uh, And, like, just like a match a couple years ago where Seattle wins 1-0, I mean, we did the same, we did, like, a similar thing to them last year, like, 
I don't know. It It's really, really frustrating to go into halftime and have 0-0 zero, zero at this stage. And yeah. again, like, I can't even point to, like, specific chances that we should have converted. Like, we didn't even get that far. But it, just possessing the ball for that long and having nothing to show for it is really discouraging. Yeah, I mean, me. it's just, we just lack, we, it's kind of like we're all bark and no bite you know mm-hmm. yeah but like we we look when we're coming up the field you know connecting passes making runs getting in through the defense we're getting in through the midfield i guess um we look dangerous and then we get to the final third there's no nothing yeah, yeah. there's no like we'll just keep or, passing it around yeah, yeah. Um, um so anyway there was a few half chances throughout the first half there's that one radius chance but most of the first half was relatively uneventful yeah um I mean, in terms of, like, at least in terms of, like, really quality chances. Yeah. And um, I don't know about you, but in the first half especially, this felt like the first, like, real, I don't know, it felt like a restart to the season yeah, in some ways. Because, I mean, it's our first match after exiting CONCACAF Champions League, which has largely defined our entire experience so far this season, uh-huh. like, up until this game. Like, it kind of felt like just this that is a new focus. chance to redeem ourselves, a new chance to get back on the right foot playing a really good, you know, rivalry match, really good, playing against a really good Seattle team in a rivalry match at home. I don't know. It feels like you just want something more. Um, But, I mean, there's a reason that in MLS's four-minute highlight package, uh, the match starts in the 55th (laughs) minute. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, we might as well get to it now, I guess. Yeah, coming out of the gate in the second half, we looked good. We looked a little better. We looked a little more lively. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, we looked like we, like Gio had given us a good halftime pep talk. Um, we looked like we had a little mm-hmm. more energy that was maybe waning a bit towards the end of the first half. Um, yeah. And yeah, and it resulted in um, the 55th minute. Uh, so the play. Shane O'Neill plays the ball up towards somebody i think that's one of the role dan no it's uh kellen Rowe. anyways i mean williamson does a brilliant job uh picking this pass off again like this is something we've seen from him multiple times and especially from someone like diego chara where you know you you can afford to have a midfielder step up and go and get the ball um and he does that plays a perfect ball into jebo and i know you have some opinions about what happens after yeah after jebo so- gets the ball here so Jebo receives the ball with a pretty huge amount of space around yeah. the top of the 18. Um, he's got probably, I don't know, 10... By the time he receives the ball, he has probably at least 6-7 yards um, to, between him and the nearest defender. So not, you know, acres and acres of space, but enough time to take a touch. As long as you take a touch away from the defender and just hit it. Yeah. If he does that, he's taking a shot from probably about 15 yards. There's no chance of it getting blocked. More or less a one-on-one. Um, yeah, it, you're at a decent enough angle where obviously you can hit Obviously, it it's not, not exactly a tap-in, but one you would expect him to be scoring. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, what he does is he actually takes his touch kind of inside, almost into the defender. Which, yeah, it kind of gets caught in his feet. Yeah, which looks to be a big mistake. He takes his touch, dribbles in, and then cuts it outside um which you know i it was it was the right play and um yeah, it's great what move. was the defender on shane that? o'neill shane o'neill yeah. yeah um dives in 
fouls the crap out of him. Yeah. Um, really <laughs> obvious penalty. No, not even a single. You know it's a really, really obvious penalty. We don't even see a single complaint to the ref. <laughs> yeah, no one even I, goes over to him. Shane O'Neill just puts his just hands stands up. up like, yeah. He's just like, oh, crap. Like, what do I do? <laughs> he uh, knows it's a penalty geez, yeah. all day. Um, and yeah, it was so anyway, a it works, Yeah, it works out. Um, I think that maybe... I, I It was a nice move by Obobese to get away from the contact. I think that maybe the fact that he didn't take the shot right on... Could be due to a little bit of rust, um, that kind of like stri- natural striker's instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just like needs a little bit more game time to to get used to it. I think if I think if we're seeing mid mid season above, he probably just takes a touch and hits it there. Yeah, uh, but he hasn't been playing a lot. He's been out a long time. Um, Again, though, uh, like, slows it up and and wins a penalty out of it, so it, it works. Out. Yeah, like it was a good move. Yeah, I mean he got around O'Neill. Like, I mean, shoot, if O'Neill doesn't. Foul like him. you said, yeah, foul no, the crap out of him, then shot. this is like the goal of the week. Yeah, um, no, I mean, it's a, it's a nice move, and it, it ends up working out, but I just think, like, it was kind of an interesting decision by him. Um, yeah. I think that maybe is something that I'm like, wouldn't expect to see from him. Um, Speaking of interesting decisions, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Valeri steps up for the first penalty. It's Diego Valeri. You expect him to make it. I, see, this is like something I <laughs> Well, yeah. I look. I cause this was something that's like it was super weird because obviously for Valeri, um, I I don't ever uh, expect you like you always expect him to like make a penalty. But coming up to this, I don't know what it is, but I just didn't feel confident for whatever reason. I don't I don't know yeah, I was, was pretty nervous. I don't, I don't know. know if it was like the nature of the game or um, just the way that he approached it, but. I don't know. It, it just didn't look like... I didn't get that feeling of, like, like we were in good hands. Like, mm-hmm. like cause that's normally how I feel when Diego Valeri is taking a penalty. You know, I feel there's this, there's this feeling of comfort, you know. You know who's taking it. It's Valeri. You know what he can do. Um, yeah. You know he should be putting it away. Um, but I don't know. It just it felt off to me this time. And Yeah. Every, every time Diego steps up for a penalty, I cannot help but remind myself of, of John 20, Kempen. 2015, yeah. But whatever. Um, it worked out well for us that night, hence the name of this podcast. But Yeah. Yeah, me and Charlie like you, were, me yeah. were both in the – we talked about this, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I we think were both we in the stands it. for the double post game. Yeah. Um, That's why we named it this. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, we actually ran into each other at the McDonald's afterwards. That's Remember right. That? Yeah. We, like, yeah, that's right. Then. I was. I mean, we were, but we, we, I don't. I didn't know you were at the game. Well, I knew I you were because a fan. I. Well, I, yeah, because we were like we kind of just gotten to know each other then. That's the thing and is because like, we were weren't. There with, like, Hank or, yeah, I was there with Hank. Yeah, and I was like, probably, I probably you were there with Nolan. Than, I think. Yeah, I was there with yeah. Nolan. Nolan texted me the other day. Hell yeah. I haven't seen him in like three years. Shout out Nolan Kriska. Shout out the boy. Anyways, old, these uh, people don't know who old, we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> old, um, <laughs> old PCU keeper. Uh, Valeri takes a pretty crappy penalty, and yeah, Fry saves really, it pretty it's easily. It's a really poor penalty. Like, it's got, I, some, it's got some pace on it, but Fry really doesn't have to move very far to save this. The thing is, like, if you're going to take a penalty up the middle, it needs to be high. Yeah. That's just, like, the basic... It's just like the basic deal. At least um, give it a Panenka. Yeah. A Panenka it, needs would to be, it needs here. to be high. Like it needs to be up um, above it so that if the keeper leaves a leg in there, it goes above, which is what Fry does. He leaves his leg out and Valeri just blasts it right into his leg. Um, something that uh, refereeing couldn't teach me, but that the more Sonic podcast did teach me this week was that goalies aren't even supposed to move before you take the penalty. 
Really? Yeah, which I didn't know because you see that, that all the time. I mean, you see people being obnoxious and you know hitting the bar and stuff, yeah, doing cartwheels. You, know, and... you can even do it in FIFA. You can move your keeper back and forth. <laughs> I've um, never once made a save after doing that with my keeper. Yeah, no, no it never every works. Single time. <laughs> no, the best is when you, you like just move him to one side and. Then, oh, and then okay, okay. Takes it to that side. I've definitely done that against like Paul. It works every time I'm Paul. <laughs> anyways um fry comes off his line barely like i i okay uh, look according to the letter of the law that penalty should be retaken according to like the practicalities yeah. of, of the of a key of like what you can expect from a goalkeeper on a penalty kick it, it should i be think fine. i think that should be a legal penalty i mean Here's i understand the thing, why it's not but I, I think that should be allowed even if like you get past the the fry coming off his line or not thing. I mean, knew who undoubtedly, like unquestionably. I don't think, I don't think that, that that's a VAR. I don't think you can retake a penalty. You can't, uh, which is the interesting part. But I, remember, I feel like it's one of those where it's like, okay, this shouldn't have happened in the first place. This thing should be reviewable anyways. So why not just give him another penalty? Like everything added up to where like. We should be getting another penalty. Look, okay, listen. If this is a Sounders podcast, which it is not, it's the thought. The thought of that makes me gag a little bit. But <laughs> if it were, I would be upset that they'd retaken the penalty. Like we would be complaining about it. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if we if we were coming from a sound perspective, like being like honestly, like I mean, if we were from Seattle, we'd be complaining about anything and everything. Yeah. If we were from Seattle, we'd be terrible, terrible human beings. Yeah, honestly. apologies to my blog mates but um, (laughs) like yeah but at the same time i mean i think rasheed wallace gets this one right ball don't lie (laughs) ball don't lie um yeah because the second penalty is somehow worse than the first yeah diego valeri steps up to take it again which listen there's two schools of thought when when it comes to a retaken penalty like this obviously the first school is like have them take it again you know um give them the confidence boost they they know that they messed up and they have a lot of motivation to do better and i i generally like that approach if depending on like how the how the miss was though okay the the way i said that is really is really confusing and it sounded like i'm like a don't really know English, but like, I guess the way what I'm trying to say is like, there's definitely there's penalties where if the penalty miss looked like it was like a confidence thing, like if someone just miss hits a penalty, you know, or tries something and it doesn't come off, I say give it back to him. But Valeri's penalty, really, he just didn't look confident. No, it, it was wasn't just a confident bad. take. He didn't look confident in his run up or in his approach. I don't know. It, it's it's weird to say because Diego Valeri is usually someone who's really good from the spot, but he just didn't look confident or good on his first yeah. penalty. It didn't look like, you know, he just mishit it or he made a mistake or the keeper made a great Also, save. Diego Valeri is not someone who needs to recoup their confidence. He'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's I, club I legend. I honestly kind of like giving it to someone else. Yeah, I would have liked, first of all, first and foremost, I wanted Jebo to take it. Yeah. I because he, first of all, I love, like, the thing where but if you player, draw yeah, the penalty, you, draw you yeah. get to take the yeah, penalty. Yeah, I, like, I like that too. That just makes sense. I'm not mad at Diego stepping up to take it either time. Again, it's whatever. I want to go back to, I think this was in 2011, there was an infamous incident where uh, we're playing DC United at home, and... 
I think Kenny Cooper steps up to take the pen in front of the north end, and Bill Hamid is in goal. Twice, uh, Cooper misses it. Again, it might be Cooper. It might be like Boyd or something. Maybe it was 2012. I'm pretty sure it was Cooper, though. Uh Um, Misses twice. Hamid comes off his line twice. And then Jewsbury takes the third one and scores. (laughs) So it's like, it's okay to let Jebo take this one, you know? I mean, again, I'm not mad that Diego took it, but like, and also another, just make it. Yeah. <laughs> just you need to make, make it. it. This is a big game. Don't we can care who takes like, it. Like I think that like yeah, make like it. also for players that are like you where you really want to get them going, you know, maybe it makes sense, but Diego Valeri is not one of those players that we need to build his confidence up like yeah. what you were saying. Yeah. You know? What Jebo is. Well, we need, Jebo is a player who we need to do. What we need that. to do in this game is get a goal. It's against the Ottawa <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's a really we need need. to score. Yeah, we just need uh, an another, epic goal. Another <laughs> quick point about like what you said about liking the player um who wanted take it mm-hmm. like as a player i've been on both ends of that where i've been the player that's you know been fouled and gotten to take a penalty that i normally wouldn't have mm-hmm. um or you step in a, for someone else who see that's the yeah. other thing is like i feel like when you're the one who draws the penalty and you take it it takes a lot of the pressure off mm. because it's because like, you know well, you were already in a miss, scoring chance yeah it's like if i miss like, at least it was my chance that i messed up yeah you know that's true. Uh, so it's kind of like it, it allows them to relax a little bit. I feel like it takes a little bit of the pressure of a penalty off. Whereas I've also had it where like someone else wins the penalty and then you go to take it. And it puts a lot of pressure on you because then if you screw up, then you've messed up someone else's chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I yeah. feel like that's just another reason why it's it's it can be nice to let someone who drew it take it. Especially if they're a good penalty taker. Diego's second penalty hits the post pretty hard comes off we learned another rule actually i did know this rule actually i did from my minimal refereeing experience but yeah you can't whoever takes the penalty can't be the next person to touch it it makes sense if you think about it but i it makes sense in theory but like who the hell is going to be kicking rebounds off the post yeah like like, is anyone is anyone's strategy going to be okay i'm going to play it off the crossbar down to myself and smash it in while the keeper's on the ground like, you have a better chance just <laughs> shooting the ball to, yeah. to make a penalty. <coughs> oh, sorry. Oh. All right, yeah, there. Like, <laughs> Larry makes the penalty. Yeah, and he, he does the stupid <laughs> cry. Like, he does the crying celebrate. This is the worst part, is he does the, like, head in his palms, like, celebration, kind of ironically. Uh-huh. But then it actually doesn't count. So it's actually, like,. A bad thing. Oh, it was just a bad look all yeah. around. Oh, man. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I can't really breathe. It was, it was really bad. And this, again, like we talked about momentum earlier, this yeah. was a huge momentum shift. Yeah. Because, again, up until then, it just looked like we were... I'd say we had more of the momentum going into the early oh, second half. easily. That. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, then it, it wouldn't take long for fortunes to reverse. Um a little bit before that, though, before, before we get to the other jazz, um, Valeri came off after he missed, which, like, I, I guess I understand, like, he missed two penalties in a row, but not when it's the only guy who's, like, facilitating your offense in a yeah, meaningful way. Yeah, I wouldn't way. have taken Valeri off there. Uh, see, here's the thing. When someone misses one penalty, obviously, but when they miss two, I don't know. Again, it's hard to say because what we're speculating about now is, like, like a mentality thing. Yeah. Which really is varies a lot player to player. 
Yeah. Even like Valeri, tons of experience, super celebrated player. Has a really, I mean, that's the thing, is very strong uh, mentality, you know. Yeah, he's basically got playing. a statue already. Yeah. So, like, why? I, like, you're taking him off for a Spria? Like, your attack just went from... Okay, so so the attack goes from Jimmy Chara, Marvin Loria, and Jeremy Abobasi up top with Diego Valeri to Jimmy Chara, um, Marvin Loria, who comes out pretty quickly for Polo, and Dyron Espria and Felipe Mora. How is that better than what we had out there? Yeah, it's I, I understand it's, it's... if Jebo's not match fit. Nothing's wrong. We've never heard anything wrong with Valeri. He should be yeah. fine. He should be able to play 90 minutes we once always, a week. It's funny. We've talked about this so many times about, like, with Severusi waiting too long to bring on subs. But this is a case where I actually think maybe it would have been better yeah. if we saved the subs a little yeah. bit. We're only getting an hour of Valerian and Bobasi? Really? Because, I mean, at least, like, like, after the second penalty. I mean, I get him wanting to change things up, but I just think it's the wrong time. I think what he... Sh- I think, again, it's, it, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, it's, yeah. it's a it's easy for us to talk about it after the fact and say we should have done. But I think in retrospect, it probably would have been better to leave those guys out there for a little bit. Let us regain a little bit of a holding in the game before bringing on subs. Yeah, because I mean, we looked shell shocked yeah, after that. Terrible. And then all the subs came on. I mean, yeah. Um. OK, so after they come on, this is key because the spree is very involved in this play. Um. So. This movement from Seattle starts off with, uh, who is that, Roldan? Yeah, yeah. it's Roldan beating Aspria down the right, so Timber's left side of defense. Uh, gets a cross in that Zuparic nicely like clears. It falls to Aspria near the corner, and like he chests it down, and he can... Which just... is not a bad play if you're planning on immediately blasting it. Yeah, like just get rid of it. Just clear it. Just clear it. That's all you got to do. Uh, it gets away from him. For some reason, he doesn't kick it. Roldan gets the ball behind him. And now we're in deep shit. Because, yeah. like, Roldan's got the ball in our box. Our and back line's in shambles. Because, I mean, they were thinking we were about to clear Clearing the ball. It. Yeah, they were already running the yeah, other they're way. Not, they're not matched up right. So, I mean, there's tons of Seattle players. Um, on the, There's two Seattle players open on the cutback. Yeah, Bruin and uh, Rui Diaz. Uh, Rui Diaz gets gets that cutback pass and does like a very Raul Rui Diaz thing where he just stabs at the ball. Um, like some sort of weird like Taekwondo kick. Yeah. Um, Tui Loma does a great job blocking it. And even though the ball kind of trickles past him, he still gets down to like try and defend it. Uh-huh. It just kind of, the ball kind of just falls into the worst spot possible because it's right between Jeff and Bill. And then Rui Diaz somehow is still on his feet, although he really isn't. Yeah, he's, like, falling down because he changed directions trying to jump over Bill. And, like, basically, it's like a scrum. Like, there's players all around. Rui, Rui Diaz is just in the middle. He's quite literally crawling by the time he gets, quote, fouled yeah. um, by Jeff and Bill. Which, like... <sighs> so, the, the foul went on Atanella, technically. They called it on Atanella. Yeah. Bill, I feel like, got a little... Like Here's that... the thing. is that I, I, I think I that in know. terms of actual contact, I mean, yeah, Bill gets some contact on him. But, like... It's one of those plays where it's a complete 50-50 ball. You yeah. Know? It's like in the, they're both sprinting after a ball. Like, he tr- Rui Diaz is trying to jump over his leg and, like, catches it a little bit. Like, there's nothing Tui Loma can do. That that cannot be a penalty. Anyway, the foul's on Adnella. Adnella goes diving in, doesn't get it. Rui Diaz jumps over his leg and goes to ground. 
I'm not even convinced there's any contact. Watching the replays, if you I, listen to the announcer, I mean, if you watch like the replays from all the angles, I'm not even convinced there's any contact on this, like at all. It, he certainly throws he himself. He drag. Here's the thing: he is certainly throws himself. Rudy has drags his toe over Jeff's. Like there's contact, but it's because Rudy has drags his toe yeah, over Jeff's step, shin. Yeah. Either way, it is a Charmin Ultra Soft penalty. Yeah, it's it's a makeup call. I mean, it, it is a makeup. If call. If Valeri yeah. didn't get that second penalty, that's not a foul. Yeah, I agree. But but Valeri Valeri they 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 had Fry they called Fry for being off his line and gave Valeri the retake. That's the only reason they get this. Of course, call. Rui it's Diaz a, like easily slots it, easily. which I didn't never, expect ne- anything else. Never yeah. expect him to miss. I mean, oh yeah, Jeff's a mile off his line too. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. But it doesn't matter. It goes so the wrong whatever. Way. Um, slots in the corner. They didn't. They don't have this in the highlight package we're watching. But uh, pretty much right after this, I think it's like the first goal kick right after the kickoff. Um, Jeff ha- like plays the ball out and then just was, goes down. I don't think it was a goal kick. I think didn't the ball get played back to him and he was like switching oh, the maybe. field? Yeah, maybe because he that. like. He was like turning, and then he played a long ball, and then like immediately, like his leg like bent at an awkward angle. Yeah, no, that that was not his, good. Yeah, his leg like he was like he was like going to ground or something. His leg bent like really weird and just like kind of buckled. Yeah. Either way, that that's a real bad sign. I mean, yeah. like it didn't that that's ugh, these non-contact injuries, man. That's real brutal. It's really bad. Yeah. So I mean, especially with Clark still out for question marks like we don't we don't know um it, it was supposed to be a very short-term thing but yeah i mean i thought it was only gonna be like a week ago. i thought it was gonna be like two weeks or something which maybe it's been, no it's been like four weeks now yeah it's been a while i don't know man either way like salt comes on and it's really again like talk about trial by fire poor kid has had just the absolute worst introduction that you can possibly have to a yeah, professional honestly. career like <laughs> your first game is like you're playing a hungry team with like your b minus c team uh-huh. um and then the next match you are subbed in after the starting keeper gave up the game's first goal on a penalty like it's pretty much the worst spot you can be in. Not to mention it's against Seattle. Yeah. Um, and not to mention that Seattle's next goal comes from, in part, by an error from Salt. Although, like, you can't really blame that on him. Well, it's a mixed bag, yeah. I. Anyway. You want I mean, him to come out and get... If you're going to come out, you got to get it. If he stayed home, like, I... I I don't know. It would look really weird if he had stayed home on that play. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I just remembered what? this is kind of a tangent, but the Bovisi chance we didn't even talk about when we just scuffed it wide. Oh, yeah. And I think it was in the first half. Yeah, it was in the first half. That Again, was actually, I, yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, whatever. Anyway, I don't, I don't know why I bring it up. Yeah. Right when <laughs> Salt comes on, he, like, 76th minute, he makes a save on a Joao Paulo shot from outside the box. <laughs> I believe it's Joao Paulo. Um,. Some Seattle fans and players wanted a penalty on this play as oh, well. Yeah. Which is like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Go, you, come on. They're, You've they're had your. for it on like Rui Diaz follows it up and the tackle in by Tuiloma, I think. And no. I mean, no. it's. No. Yeah. Go get, away. Get a grip. <laughs> yeah. 
Go. Um, yeah. Go do whatever you guys do. Go worship your pointy building. <laughs> um, okay. Then they get the free kick out on the wing. I don't remember how this happened. I don't remember why it happened. Don't remember how it happened either. I, in my head, I was thinking it was something like very simple and stupid. One of the disadvantages of recording several days later. Well, I mean, it should be an advantage because we should be able to go back and see. But yeah, actually, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly how. Um, okay. Well, either way, I mean, this is just simple. This is yes. Yeah, it's is a really crap. it's a simple in swinging ball from the left side. Um, with with a thing like this, these are usually. I mean, it should be easy for the defense because what you have to do as like a defender on this is you stay with your man, but on the in swinging balls. The ball's going to be coming in straight at you. So what you just need to do is you just need to drop. These balls are really only usually effective if they're near post and flicked onto the far post, like on the top of the head, mm -hmm. um, or if they're going in deep to the far post to be headed back across um, from this angle. Because all you have to do is drop back, and the ball's coming right at you. So it's really hard for the defender to beat and get up over you. Unless, of course, um, your back line just loses every single one of their marks and lets them in on goal. Yeah, Which is what we did. We were trying to untangle what what happened um, and why whoever that is, Aspria maybe. It looks like I think it's Aspria like loses his footing. It's not even that we were trying to trap them off sides. We just like didn't keep up with them. They just no. all ran past us. Yeah. It was really as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and this was the crushing goal. I mean, it was yeah, over Solch after this. Yeah, comes out. Um, they have three players that are pretty much ahead of any of our defenders. Um it drops for Montero, I think. Um, yeah. And he just salt comes out, but not convincing. Like he waits a little too long. Um, he needs to either come out immediately, which is going to be tough, or stay in goal, which again he still may not make the save. Yeah. His defense really lets him down, but he really kind of hesitates. Doesn't really choose either. Gets caught in the middle, and they just flicks the header right over him. Montero and Roldan were right there. They both Christian Roldan. They could have both scored this easily. It was embarrassing. Not well. Yeah, it was embarrassing. It, it was, was more just crushing than embarrassing. It was bad. It was just. Cause it was like, oh crap! Here we go again. Like Seattle's gonna beat us again on some just dumb crap. Uh, which, by the way, I'm gonna keep saying this. Uh, zero open play goals conceded in this match. Um, yeah. Again, since like we had zero until like from the marathon game to the fc dallas game we had zero goals conceded from open play yeah it's it's just been really sick and pieces since then we've had us. yeah we had that a couple stupid club america goals from open play that we don't need to relive yeah. i've already blocked most of that from my memory yeah me too yeah <laughs> that, that game is like i'm trying to even, i can't even remember it's a blur um so yeah that sucks uh can we please defend set pieces apparently not um and can we keep not or can we stop giving up penalties that would be fantastic because that's how most of the teams are scoring goals against us yep. and it's like really not hard to win when the other team can't defend set pieces and can't not give up penalties um so yeah again tough spot for salt you really feel for him no yeah. no easy way to go about that. I mean, listen, so I mean, yeah, it's it's tough because so many of the he's been, so many of the goals that have been scored on him, there was really not much he could do about. Yeah. Um but it's hard to keep your confidence up when it's you've hard seen to keep your confidence. five goals yeah. go past you in two matches. 
Yeah, and I mean, he it's clear that he's not our first choice keeper. I mean, no, I mean, he's our fourth. Yeah. He's our fourth string goalkeeper, and he's yeah, 19 right. years old. Yeah, which, by the way, we didn't even mention Alyazivicic is still out because he had, like, hernia surgery. Oh, that's right. He's, like, out yeah. for the season. And we at the time, we were like, oh, okay, whatever, no big deal. We got two starting goal- goalies on our roster yeah, anyways with Jeff Clark and, and Clark, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, do we wish we had Alyazivicic right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just waiting for Salt to go down and uh, Valeri to put on a keeper's uniform and some gloves. and uh, Yeah, honestly. Um, okay, there wasn't much else going on in this match. It felt like it was over by then. It really did. I Timbers mean, tried to press, but we really couldn't keep anything up. Um, yeah, we had a couple of, like, half-decent chances. Yeah, more missed a header. Um, and I mean, then, obviously, really, there I, I can't really remember anything else. The game was, it was kind of up and down at that point. Um, we were pushing forward, they were pushing forward, but no team really got any, like, great chances. Yeah. Um, and then in the 93rd minute, we get um, more dragged back trying to play a through ball. We get a free kick from a pretty good position, probably like five yards outside the box. Usually I would call this Diego Valeri position. Um, Marvin Luria. I didn't, yeah, I expected Luria to take this. Maybe or I Wonka, guess Luria was off by then, actually. Um, I expected someone else to take yeah, this. Yeah, Loma steps up. Okay. All right. We'll like see, at this we'll point, like, can at do. this point, like nothing to lose. Why not? Sure. Right footed hammers it. Perfect free kick. Hammers the free oh, kick. Oh man, that was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful goal. It was almost. I almost wish he hadn't scored because it gave me this this false <laughs> sense of hope and meant that my last, the last three minutes of the game were extra agonizing. Yeah. Um. It was. Bad. Yeah, it was a great free kick. Yeah, beats Fry. Um. But the rest of the game, I mean, there's only like two minutes left after this, and uh, I don't think. Yeah, try as we might, we we only had like I think a half chance. Yeah, we did have, and it was not substantial enough. So I mean, again, I still felt like the game was over by the time that happened. Yeah, um, just a a tough loss, (laughs) to say the least. A tough loss. Um, Yeah, (laughs) we didn't look terrible. Um. I guess, yeah, going into... We didn't look terrible. Um, overall, I think the play... I think they probably had... Well, I think that the chances were probably pretty even. Again, like I mentioned this a few minutes ago because we forgot to talk about it, or I completely spaced on what I was thinking of the first half, but Ibobasi actually had a really great chance in the first half where a ball fell to him really nicely in the inside the 18, and he just completely fluffed it. Mm-hmm. Um, just no conviction, no power, well wide of the goal. Yeah. Um, just gets no connection on it. Really just kind of scuffs it. Um, which, yeah. again, is not something I think we it used was to see even from Bobsey. Beginning of the second half. It was beginning of the second half? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, thought really it was, I thought it was towards the army, though. Um, well, we're looking at the chance list right now. Here's one in the 24th minute. One in the 40th minute and one in the 43rd. I was thinking of the 40th minute one. The only one with the left, yeah, 40th minute left foot. Maybe that was it. 15 yeah. yards out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. Either um, way, I mean, it's it's really tough to swallow that one. Yeah. Going from a game, like, again, when you feed. So okay, so th- like, this is one of those games where you really have to, like, kind of reevaluate because. If you look at like what we were talking about preseason, what we've seen so far this season is not lined up with what we hoped. 
yeah. the season would look like. Again, it's early, and we all know the Timbers um, love to um, have huge upswings and huge downswings over the course mm-hmm. of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not the end of the world. Um, I still think that we can turn it around and be a very good team this season, especially once we get a couple people back from injury, mm-hmm. um, which we seem to be going in the opposite direction, actually, actively injuring more people every game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but assuming oh we can turn that around and get people back, I still believe we can turn the season around. Oh, yeah, me too. But, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm not, I'm not I guess my question to you is, like, we obviously there's a disparity. Um, what do you think, between what we expect and between what and what we've seen, what do you what would you attribute that to mainly? I mean, obviously there's going to be a bunch of different factors. I guess factors. it's like... I mean, it's just bad luck. I mean, it's, only, it's been a small sample size. We've I played a lot of good teams. bad luck, though. Yeah. I think I I like what you're saying. It's a small sample size against a lot of teams. The CCL stuff against America kind of just came in the worst possible time. You really did. I mean, we're really just just getting to start a, a regular season in our league. Again, we have one out of our 3 DPs. We can't forget that. They're it's a very important thing. Blanco's still gone, especially be, like being the big one. I mean, I can't point to, like, like you say, I can't point to one thing, except I guess I'll just say rotation. Because, um, mm-hmm. again, like, we beat Houston with a rotated squad, and those are our only points in MLS right now. If it weren't for Christian Paredes um, yeah. miraculously, like, hitting a great goal, a goal into, yeah, in the second half to take the lead against Houston, like, we wouldn't have a single win all year other than the marathon match and the the draw that felt like a win against club america (laughs) like honestly i think part of the problem is that we overestimated marathon after the first leg and even before the first leg like coming into that second leg we were like okay you know still a little bit nervous you know they got two goals against us last time the way in which we blew them out of the water gave us a lot of high expectations coming into the season at the right when, and again, that was the first match before we played like MLS games, um, and then we go lose to Vancouver, and we're like, okay, yeah, you know, it's like it's kind of a fluky thing. Like we didn't play. That we know bad. we're better than that. We just, um, yeah, we didn't convert, and they did. Yeah, and like, oh, we gave up a corner kick, like whatever. Once again, set pieces. Yeah, set piece goal, and then like after that, it was the first leg or did we have houston before that we had houston before that houston before that obviously we won we're like oh we won with a rotated squad we're doing really well you know Uh club america match oh you know we don't look great but we had a couple good moments and we tied it up and it was fun you know and these last two games have more jumping over the boards exactly yes reality check is check is exactly what i was gonna say is like okay we couldn't actually compete with club america and right now it like we're dropping points left and right in MLS, which it's okay. This is the time of the year where it's you're okay. going to drop points. It's just really, really angering when Seattle is in a very similar boat to us, obviously not being a CCL, uh-huh. and yet... Oh, so many injuries and yeah, squad like, and new players. And... They are at the top of the freaking standings. 
Actually, no, they are not at the top of the standings. You know who is? <laughs> San Jose is at the yeah. top of the standings. We get the pleasure of playing. Oh, um, wait, no, uh, Seattle is top of the standings yeah. now. But we get to play okay. San Jose this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Yay! Which, I don't know if you saw what happened in the last San Jose match, but... Um, I did not. Basically, uh, RSL were up on them for a long time. Like, they scored... Yeah, they scored in the 43rd minute, and then they were held that 1-0 lead until the 83rd. Wando comes on, and 10 minutes later, in the 83rd minute, he scores a goal, ties it up. Four minutes later, he scores the winner. Yikes, man. RSL. Just will not die. Who, by the way, RSL have been doing great this season before this match. Um, Again, if we look at the standings, which are right here... I mean, RSL had two wins before this. They were 2-0. Uh-huh. They've only played three matches. They got the butt end of the early stuff. But, oh, boy. <laughs> it's, anyway, not a very good start. It's play. not fun to see yourself back at the bottom of the West, which I guess Minnesota have lost all four matches so far, and that's the <laughs> only thing keeping us up. All right. But, yeah. By the way, Minnesota had uh, – they blew a massive lead against Colorado. I think they that were up 2-0. Yeah, yeah, and Colorado ended up winning. Uh, shout out my boy Doug, who was at that game. But yeah, so right now we're sitting on three points from four matches, and the only team below us is 0 and 4. Um, yeah. So I guess before, uh, just to quick wrap up of the game. Um, yeah. In terms yeah, of players, over with. um, I thought, I mean, Atanella didn't really have a whole lot to do, um, before he got yeah. hurt. Got scored on the penalty, but again, it's a penalty. You know, we've been over this. Can't really expect him to save. That back line. Obviously, Mabiala barely played. In terms of Bravo and Van Rankin. Again, Tui Loma looked really good. Tui Loma, yeah. I want to. I want Tui Loma. Just going to head. We kind of mentioned this. Tui Loma is my man of the match. Yeah, he's mine too. Um, yeah. I, I even had him down for man of the match before he scored that goal because he was really good all game. Yeah, and obviously that goal was. was that goal was great. But I mean, he he played a really he was really aggressive, like you said. Mm-hmm. Won a lot of tackles. Um, looked good. Yeah, he looked really good, really strong. Um, he was my man of the match before that goal, and of course scored the goal. So I think pretty clear man of the match. Yeah. Um, outside backs, I. Uh, again, Zubaric did okay. He did fine. He fine. did what yeah. was expected of him. Didn't give up any goals. I don't. I can't. He made a decent of... play on the Rui Diaz miss, even though he lost him. Whatever. Lost the foot raise. Dude. The outside backs are what I want to talk about because there are new signings and there were supposed to be upgrades at both positions. Uh-huh. Right now, and again, kudos to Morrisonic for mentioning this. I want Chris Duvall back. <laughs> <laughs> I really just want like an MLS I always veteran. Liked Chris Duvall. Yeah, me he too. Always got, I always got slack. He didn't start. I've always. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bravo and Van Rankin, I feel like the problems with them have been similar. Bravo's maybe made some slightly more egregious and like I think I think Bravo obvious been, mistakes. Yeah, it's been more like yeah. Van Rankin has been prone. more pretty much every game that Van Rankin has played since like the first one, I've kind of been like, Oh yeah, Van Rankin, he was out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, the, sorry, the game that he came on in the forty fifth, um, against uh, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. yeah. I thought he looked again good. Yeah. But just for again, this game was similar. I mean, just didn't notice a not whole much lot. going on. Um. So yeah, hopefully those guys can heat up going like going forward. I mean, 
in terms of like what they offer i feel like they have enough skills to like do what we need them to do uh-huh. uh we just haven't really seen a lot yet especially from uh bravo um a lot of times we kind of associate just like outside backs pushing forward as being good or helpful to the attack even if they're not really doing anything. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, a guy like Jorge Marrera was somebody we really wanted to keep around because he did get forward, and he was really good really effective, when yeah. he did get forward. Um, and he, he was really faster than Van Rankin, and he could you know get into different types yeah, of areas. Yeah, was great on the ball um, going forward. Wasn't great at tracking back, but... It's like, the trade-off, you know. Yeah. It's a, a little bit of the Trent Alexander-Arnold disease. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... It's, it's part of the way we attack that's really, I feel like, minimizing what they can do. Because we're not really looking for their crosses as much as we maybe would have in the past. Maybe like 2019, like we did with Marrera. Yeah. Um, we're not really looking for guys who can just get to the end line and cross it in. I mean, Gio really wants them to be a part of the combining and build-up. Uh, especially, like, if we bring Valeri over and we overload a side, then we can, you know, create more triangles and combine... Um, we need to see more basically I think Chara and Williamson in the middle have been amazing so far Yeah, I don't see a reason either of them shouldn't start every game yeah, obviously Chara's going to start every game Char- uh, Williamson was great yeah Williamson again really... created the best chance of the match for us when he stepped up and yeah. took the ball off of you know Williamson had a really good game Chara one of the things I noticed was uh, in the first half, I noticed he had an uncharacteristic number of missed passes. Mm. But the second half, he kind of cleaned that up, and we saw, you know, the kind of Diego Char performance we expect. Um, very solid, very good. I thought they yeah. were two of our better players this game. Valeri, like, is Valeri? He's gonna, he's gonna commit 20, 25, 30 turnovers every game, but he's yeah. also going to give you moments of magic. Sometimes I, he'll miss penalties, I guess. I think the pro. I think like one of the, one something we've seen this season. Again, so far it's early. You know, I don't want to read too much into this, but normally it's been like everything that Valerio offers. You know, in terms of like creativity, way overwhelms. You know what he mm-hmm. what he lacks in like ball possession and turning the ball over and stuff like that. Uh, and I think this season, well, I still think he's a plus player. I still think he's someone we always want to have oh, on the yeah. field. I think it's been less. I think he's been giving the ball away more and creating less than Diego Ver- the, the Diego Valeri of some years past. Yeah. Again, he's 34. So, I mean, it's yeah. not that surprising. And, again, I still think he should be starting. I still think he's one of our better players. This he's is the same Diego Valeri who uh, hit the crossbar against Marathon in our first match of the year. Same yeah. guy, by the way. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm like, I'm not trying to say that Valeri shouldn't be starting. He's still a very good player, and he still offers yeah. a ton for the team. And like you said, when he goes out, a lot of times we look like we have nothing. But I just think that, like, he's not, like, the solo, like, offensive, like, efficient offensive machine that we've seen in the past. And this season has seen a step down, at least so far. Wingers are what they are. Uh, Jimmy has been decent. Obviously, he had the hat trick against Marathon, which was fantastic. Yeah. But, I mean, since that match, we haven't really seen a ton from him, honestly. Not a lot. Like, again, uh, just kind of a guy who will pass the ball around and combine and, like, sometimes dribble a little too much. Yeah, um, I mean, again, yeah, he's worked hard defensively. He's definitely got that uh, some of that Chara DNA. Um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lurie and Esprit are both, like, whatever. 
I, again, I think that going forward, I mean, in terms of all of our wingers, I really have a hard time finding really anything to say about any of them. All of their performances were pretty nondescript, mm-hmm. including the subs. Um, I mean, Espria, we didn't really see anything from after he came on. Same with Polo and Mora. I mean, I don't yeah. remember seeing yeah. really anything from any of them. Mora missed that header on the corner kick. Yeah, but again, that was a tough but, header. I mean. Yeah. Okay, but what I do want to talk about actually is Mora versus Bobasi. I mean, who uh-huh. would you rather see? Okay, assuming that when Blanco comes back, he will be, you know, on the left and Jimmy Char on the right or vice versa. Who's in the middle? I say Bobasi. You say Bobasi over Mora? Yeah, definitely. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, we've seen some good performances from Mora this season, but we've also seen a lot of performances from Mora where he's really kind of disappeared. Um, I think he's kind of one of those guys where it's like, you know, he he can really have games where he's not very effective. Yeah. Um, and doesn't really do add much for the team. Whereas Abobis, I think, is a player who always is going to give us something. Yeah. Um, again, today, you know, I was a little critical of him. I think a little bit of his rust and fitness, um, him getting back into the flow of things. And he still won us a penalty. Yeah. Um, on a very nice move. Um, and then we missed a couple of the other chances. Um, I think that, like, Abobasi is a more consistent player mm-hmm. um, than Mora. And I think he has a, I think he has a higher upside, too. I think that Abobasi at his best is better than Mora's best, even though I think that Mora is a quality player and definitely a really, really quality backup striker. Mm-hmm. Um, Good depth Obobese guy. Yeah. Um, I think it's safe to say, as of right now, it looks like Yarick will be able to step in right, right into his starting spot when the time comes. doesn't look like anybody's, you know... Doesn't look like there's much of a competition there. Again, yeah, he only he's only scored play he's only started like seven games. For he really us. hasn't played a lot. Yeah. Nah, he does have seven goals from those seven starts, but yeah, whatever. And Brian Fernandez. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't need to go down that what if rabbit hole. Why? Believe me, I've been Why? thinking Why? about it this game or this Please. year. Please. Um. <laughs> just, just come okay. Back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you were supposed to be our savior. <laughs> he was. He was for a while. Um, okay, let's talk about this weekend. Or wait, I think I had something else in my lineup before that. Um, oh, did you have any uh, MLS moments you want to point out from this match? And also, what was your grade for the team for this match? Mine's a D plus. D plus. Wow. Okay. I'm actually going to give a higher grade than you for the first time this season. Wow, okay. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a solid C because oh, wow. although again, and here I will give my reasoning cuz I know that I'm normally the pessimistic one and obviously a loss to Seattle is super disappointing. Um, and they I think that for the majority of the game we really weren't outplayed that much. The penalty miss was huge. The penalty for them, I mean, that was one of the difference makers. And then, even though I mean, we had some injuries, um, we've had a depleted squad, and I thought, even though it clearly wasn't our best performance, um, I think considering like how many like the injuries to Jeff and to Mabiala and all the injuries we've already been dealing with, like uh, Paredes and Blanco and Nizgoda, I think the fact that we didn't get outplayed by that much, that was relatively close, means I can't really give us, I don't think I can give us a terrible score. So I'm going to give us a solid C. Okay. Which, again, I know... I can I can definitely see giving it lower. Um, yeah. But I think I want to I want to I want to be a little more positive just about this game cuz I don't think here's, we did terrible. Here's my thing. It's like what did we see from us this game that was good? 
Possession, yeah, that's good in theory, but if you're just going to pass it around and not create any chances, then how good is it really? We saw some good pressing, some good possession. Um, Again, yeah, some of a lot of decent things, but like nothing... I think for the majority of the game, we did a decent job defensively. Of course, we fell asleep on the second set piece. Um, the The first goal was an individual mistake from... Uh, Aspria leading to kind of BS sorry kind of BS penalty call like here's the thing though is like those sort of like neutral all these neutral actions that are happening throughout the game for us where it's like oh yeah I guess it could be good it could be bad it's whatever like those add up to complacency when you give up flukes like that that becomes a net negative when you give up the first goal so because of like again if you're not doing something outrageously good you're not doing anything in soccer if you're not getting to the point where you can score a goal then like what are you really doing yeah no i get it again i don't think it was a good performance from us i just don't think it was horrible i mean i think i mean again like I mean, d plus is fc horrible, you know I, mean, I, I gave I a plus. I threw a plus FC in there. Dallas was much worse. Um, oh, I, I didn't think. Well, yeah, because we played a lot worse players. I think that's why yeah, it was but, much worse. Yeah. Even I, yeah, I gave that game right. a C. It's that's funny. We yeah, we, flipped. we flipped. So you get on the FC Dallas match. You gave a D plus, and I did a C, and now we're backwards. Interesting. Very well, interesting. Anyway, we'll we'll keep um, tracking this because yeah. it's very fun. Um. Okay, what's what's next here? Oh, um, you said MLS moment. Um, oh yeah, it's gotta be the the whole. I, I mean, the number <laughs> the, the whole the fucking Diego match. Valeri, I, I mean, the whole penalty thing was <laughs> penalty one shenanigans. Giant, one giant so. MLS moment. Yeah. Um. Also, I mean, I think <laughs> I feel like Bill Tuiloma stepping up and banging in a free kick. Yeah, yeah. Moment, in a way. <laughs> Yeah, that's some true. random <laughs> players hitting an absolute screamer out of nowhere. We saw that with Duval in garbage last time. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just well, that, like, that goal got called back. But, yeah, but yeah. like just like the just like some random player scoring an amazing goal out of nowhere. I feel like we see it a lot in MLS. Yeah, it's pretty odd. Um, yeah, those are couple. Those are good mo- good shouts. Um, I can't really think of any. Yeah, I other it ones. was. I don't think there was a whole lot of like really sloppy play. Yeah, like honestly, really this was a sloppy. pretty clean game to watch. Yeah. This is, this is a pretty there good was, game. There was none of that uh, Mavial is letting the ball roll between his legs out of bounds. Or, yeah. know, I mean, I guess Dyron, I guess you could kind of call it an MLS moment for giving up the first. But, I mean, that wasn't yeah, even like... Yeah, that's that the was, only that other thing I was kind of think like of. A, that was just kind of like a small mental mistake and like a little getting getting outpaced a little bit. It wasn't like anything egregious. Or, like, really unique. Maybe Rui Diaz using the footy danso celebration after converting a penalty in front of a 10% capacity crowd. That That's pretty MLS. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Let, let's get past all this crap. Yeah. Um, okay, we got a couple of questions. First one is from our number one fan, Nate Man, uh, who says, How many times does Espria beat a San Jose player on the dribble in the final third on Saturday? Sounds specific, but it's not that specific uh, when you're talking about a winger. I mean, that's that's something that should be happening. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under on that. Take the under. 
Well, zero is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't, whatever number you throw out, I'm taking the I'll under. Take the under. It's, it's That's zero. That's way to put it. Um, okay, Nathan, I'm, I know you can't answer, but I'm going to fire a, a question back at and then give you two answers. Does it count if he beats a player only to then get triple teamed and lose the ball <laughs> in the corner? Because if so, then I'm going to say like three. If it counts, he like beats his man for like half a second and gets mobbed and then gets nothing out of it, I'm going to say like three. If not, you're about actual like progressing past your defender and moving forward with the ball. Um, <laughs> Am I hearing well, a zero? <laughs> considering the fact that I don't see, he'll, think he'll play the full match. That too. I don't I'm think he'll start. Him, I'm gonna give him one. I think he. I think he'll do it. I think he'll okay. get one in. If okay. he's playing the full match, care to I, wager? <laughs> you take the over on a on half a dribble. Zero to one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you want to put on it? Uh, loser buys chalky milk for the next episode. Loser buys chalky milk. All right, I'm I'm down. That's Let's a do deal. It. That's okay, a... if Espria doesn't play for whatever reason, bets off. Or are you gonna? Oh, you're gonna. <laughs> Right, May, he'll no, he'll, 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 he'll play. play. He'll play. Um, okay, if, if he doesn't play, then All right, he can fine. Call let's let's say fine. a minimum number of minutes. He has to play like. He has to play like at least like. Come on before the 80th minute. How about that? Okay. Because if well, he comes on in like the 83rd minute, like. Okay, okay, that's fine. He has to come on that's at fine. least the 80th minute or before the 80th minute. That's fine. All right, loser buys chalky milk. Our second, our second <laughs> question is from uh, Chris Gluck who I can't tell if this is a troll account or someone who actually knows what they're talking about, but <laughs> either way, in an only slightly condescending manner, asks what's packing and how does it relate to the Timbers attack? So just for you, Chris Gluck, if that is your real name, uh, <laughs> we did do some research into this. Yeah, and I actually um, have not heard of packing. We, we did learn something. We yeah. did learn something, which is what we were asked to do. So um, although it's very hard for us to learn things, as our professors might attest to, <laughs> actually, oh. Um, we're selling our i'm selling ourselves short selling there. yourself short i shouldn't yeah i shouldn't speak for you <laughs> um uh packing so i found this great definition on the internet so we're just going to read that uh thanks sten shape sten shopper uh on support.sizesports.com so i'm i'm i've successfully cited this article uh it's defined as the total number of opponent packing is defined as the total number of opponents outplayed by a player with a forward movement as in a pass or a dribble. So basically how many guys are you beating with a certain pass or a dribble um, is how I understood it. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like a, it's, it's pretty similar to like progression stats um, only instead of, it's not focused on uh, you know the field at all. It's, it's specifically on players. Yeah. Yeah. And again, number this of is, players. it's something that I've never actually heard the, um, I'd never actually heard of packing uh, or of the formal definition but as someone who's like played soccer, if, if you've played soccer, this is something your coaches have talked about a lot mm -hmm. um, when you're talking about tactics and you're talking about uh, breakdowns of games and stuff. Um, this, I mean, this is something you hear from your coach um, pretty much every time you walk into a halftime uh, mm -hmm. of a game. You know, they're, they're talking about uh, like the way the ball progresses past players in certain spots on the field. So, I mean, it's something that you kind of hear about a lot if you play soccer, but it's, it's not something I've ever studied from, like, an outside, as an outside observer, um, from a more technical perspective. Yeah, um, and that goes hand-in-hand hand with um, the other term, impact, that we were asked to uh, look at. So, uh, again, this is from Sten. Uh, impact 
To assess the effects of passing behavior on majority situations, a straightforward approach can be obtained by calculating the number of defending players who are positioned between the ball carrier and the goal before and after a pass. Um, so basically, like, obviously, the more players you have between the person with the ball and the goal that they're going towards, it is harder to score from. Right. Um, so... Chris argues that Geo's attacking philosophy revolves around how to minimize the number of players in impact, I guess. I don't really know how to use that term. Oh, here we go. Impact is outplayed defenders of the opposing team. Outplaying defenders has more impact on the game and is therefore calculated in addition to packing rate. Again, these, these are pretty foreign concepts to us, but essentially, like, Geo wants to remove chunks of players from between the ball and the goal when we're in attack seems simple it, it makes sense based on how we play yeah, like lots of lots of combo combination play around in and around the opposing team's area yeah yeah i think if you want to integrate um this idea into something that we've talked about a lot on the podcast which is um the idea of you know getting to the final third but not creating you could take look at that from a, i'm assuming that geo's perspective is about packing getting into those final thirds through um, combination play and through um, uh, incisive passing um, is an effective way, is, is, is how he wants to run the offense, I guess. Mm -hmm. But then once you're in the final third, it's much, it's not really as applicable. Yeah. So I guess if, if Like it's easier that, to pass people when you have more space yeah, to I mean, do Yeah, once you get to the 18-yard box, you don't even necessarily want to pass people. You know, you yeah. want to get a shot off. Yeah. Um, so getting to the end line isn't even necessarily your goal. So. Which it's funny because the Geo teams have passed. I mean, we think about think about Geo's most successful teams, right? Think about the most successful one when when we made it to MLS Cup, right? Yes, How did we make it to MLS Cup? Well, the easy answer is some fluke goals, but <laughs> the real answer is uh, staying in a very very low defensive block and not moving. Yeah, and blocking shots and crosses is is pretty much how we did it. Um, and so when we attack that that way, you know, out of a, it, that's how a classic counterattack is started, right? Uh -huh. Is when you're in a deep block and you get the ball, and all of a sudden you have fast guys running forward with the ball. That's what we want. That's not what we're getting because again, it's not a bad thing that we have possession, but it is a bad thing that we're. Uh, that our packing rate is so low. Yeah, we're no longer a really speedy team. Uh, yeah. Now, so it makes sense that we've kind of have to adopt a little bit of a different strategy going forward. Because when you look at like our wingers, I mean, um, or our attacking players in general, I mean, Valeri, I mean, he's he's not yeah. exactly he's, <laughs> he's not exactly a speed demon. Um, Abobasi, I mean, when he's in his full sprint, can get going. But he's not like super quick. He's not great at dribbling in a full um, sprint either. Yeah. From what Jimmy I Chara is reasonably fast, but not like oh, he's amazingly quick. so. He's I mean, quick. he's definitely one of our quicker players. Diego uh, Chara and Williamson are quick, but not like. I mean, I guess Chara is like dead sprint fast, but yeah. again, he's not. Yeah, a they're winger. both not slow, but then you look at like Luria. Um, Luria's kind of slow. He's not fast. Polo is um, fast, but I mean. But I mean, how often is Polo really advancing with his speed? feel like we don't yeah. see very much of that from him at all yeah um which is a shame because he really is fast but he doesn't utilize it very much so maybe i mean he just doesn't get on the field that much but yeah yeah, yeah that's but true I mean, usually you see him 
I mean, you, when we saw him the first time back, uh, he was like playing in like the center of the park. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, he came in for Williamson, I think. Yeah. Or no, no, other way around. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Anyways, okay, we've covered that question, I feel like, pretty thoroughly. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into San Jose here, because San Jose play a very interesting style. Um, under Matias Almeida, the past few seasons, they've been doing this man-marking thing. It's not as strict as it sounds, but, I mean, as in, like, they used to be super strict with it, and then, like, it's it's become a little more tempered over the years in MLS. Essentially, it's like, you know, it speaks for itself. It's man marking. It's not like you usually see in soccer where you line up in like a 4-4-2 block and you're going to sit there and, you know, wait for the pressure to come. And if someone goes near you, then you deal with that and you, you know, kind of see what happens from there. Man marking, obviously you're marking a man. Yep. You know, I got so-and-so then you just go um the pros of this system are that it, they can force a lot of errors which i think is something we got to look out for especially if salt is going to be in goal and especially if we have tui loma subbing for our our usual mabiala also yeah. we kind of have a lack of continuity all over the back line right now we still got the two new guys again we've given up a lot of set piece goals and again it's, it's hard because we've it's just we've just there's not been a whole lot of games where we've had all of our like players in at once. Exactly. We've had injuries, we've had squad rotation, and we've just had a pretty small sample size of games so far too. Yeah. So I mean, there's just bound to be. I mean, it's still a relatively new squad, um, especially in the back line when it comes to like, you know, working with each other. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I expect um, to see chemistry continue to grow. Yeah, me too. And this going. this is a game where that can happen. Uh huh. Um. San Jose, their biggest story of the season, though, has not been Wando for once. Although, who knows? You, you never know when that can change. <laughs> Ask RSL about that. Um, but not for San Jose, man. It's been the young guy. It's been uh, oh, yeah. not Caden Clark. Uh, uh, Cade Cowell, the yeah. other CC, 17-year-old or whatever. Um, he's doing incredible. Um, it's just, like, kind of... There, it's always a question of like whether these young guys can come in and whether they're just like being overhyped, not overhyped, but like potential versus like yeah, output, like right? Do or, um, yeah, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Cade Cowell and Jackson Yule have been some of their best players so far this season. Jackson Yule is obviously a young, another young uh, national team prospect. Mm. I mean we can beat this team. I know they won. I know they've won three matches. It's San Jose. It's exactly. It's still San Jose. We can still beat them. Right. <laughs> I like, don't care how good San Jose's team gets. I will never not think that we can beat San Jose. Exactly. Exactly. They, Cause they, at the end have, of the day, they have a perfect record in the MLS 30 games in and we're going in. I'm like, Oh, we should win this game. Yeah. I mean, it, it's San Jose. Come on. Oh, they've just been so bad for so long and like I know they have good history. I know they've won like well, maybe I don't know this. I think they've won two MLS Cups back before there were like important teams there like the Timbers. Um but like like you said, man, it's San Jose. You got to beat San Jose, man. 
Yeah, this would be, really this would be a really this would be a really big victory for us. Um, really, a, I could could really be a nice turning point uh, early in the season. Yeah, get us back on track again. They're the team that's second in the second in the West right now. Second in the West. Let's run through the West real quick. Seattle's on top. They've won three, drawn one, lost zero. San Jose and LA Galaxy are tied on points. Uh, both three wins, one loss. Um, Vancouver is surprisingly good so far yeah cascadia is uh, not looking good for us yeah although again i don't know if the cascadia cup is like a thing this year the supporters yeah i heard about that yeah because um, it wasn't last year i think they're i th- it really doesn't I think i remember them do not without. doing it again it doesn't make sense to do yeah, it i think they're just putting putting that on hiatus again which, which is, will be nice but you know yeah it'll be yeah <laughs> um uh so yeah vancouver's on seven points so is kansas city and colorado Colorado may be another slightly surprising team. Um, again, they just had a great comeback win against Minnesota. Uh, so that's your top six. Um, Salt Lake is in that seventh spot without playing four matches. They're the only team in the West that hasn't played four matches. Again, with an odd number, that's just how it's... With an odd number of teams in MLS, just somebody's going to be sitting out. Uh-huh. It's a week. It's just the way it is. Um, they're on six points with two wins, and that... Uh, disappointing loss to San Jose. Um, Austin FC sitting right outside the playoff picture right now um, with six points. They've been decent so far. They got a. Uh, they could have. Uh, no, they didn't. They could have got a point from LAFC. They played decent in that match, um, and then they beat. Who did they beat? They beat Colorado and Minnesota, and then they just lost to SKC. Uh, so whatever. Uh, ninth is Dallas. They got six points. We kind of know the deal with them. Um, or sorry, they have five points. Their only win has been against us. They they yeah. drew um, Houston this weekend. Who Houston is also also has five points. Uh, and so does LAFC. Yeah. Actually, who have just lost to the Galaxy. Chicharito had a very you know El Trafico moment. Uh, yeah, Chicharito. Man, we were clowning on him so much when he yeah. when he first came to the MLS. That was really hilarious. No, he's good. I feel um, I feel good was... for him. I, I'm happy for him. <sighs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, I know I won't feel that way when we play him, but yeah. so far I feel happy that he's turned his gotten his stuff together. Showed up here looking like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> Higuain is in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Higuain and James Harden were uh, the same. <laughs> same physical specialist (laughs) and Uh, yeah okay (laughs) high volume shooters um portland is below all those teams we're in 12th out of 13 again minnesota united having the most disappointing season out of all these out of every team in mls so far they have zero points shout out the loons baby um Oh, looks like that Columbus and Toronto match has already kicked off. We don't need to go over the East, but all you need to know is that FC Cincinnati and sh- Chicago still suck. <laughs> and that, it's uh, good to know some things never change. Yeah, and that the CCL teams have been underperforming. Shocker. Um, okay. All right, well. That's that's what we got so far. Pretty much it. As long as Seattle doesn't win the Shield, I'm kind of fine with whatever else happens. Obviously, we want to win, but yeah. I mean... Yeah, I think final thoughts. Um, 
big game against San Jose. Big game. Yeah, this is a massive game. I mean, this game against Seattle was big. This next game, given the fact that we lost, is arguably even bigger, even though I know it's not a rivalry game, just in terms yeah. of like momentum going forward in the season. We need to get a point, I, yeah. I think. I think, oh, if, we, the, I think no, if we lose... We, we got to expect a win. San Jose is playing Seattle tonight, right after... By oh, the time yeah, you hear this... The game probably will have already happened, unless you like are really on it with listening to us for some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so we'll we'll see how that works. Maybe Seattle will thrash them. Maybe San Jose will thrash Seattle. I don't expect that, but yeah. you never know. It's MLS. It's MLS. Literally anything can happen. Um, is there anything else I wanted to go through for this? I don't think so. No, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we can wrap. We're running. Feels like we're running long. Oh yeah, we ran long today. How long? Uh, that's oh, 80, man. 88 minutes by now. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Yeah. All um, right. Uh, we'll, we'll not take up any more of your time. Uh, go Timbers. Go Timbers.